0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very, very excited to finally have Brittany Broski on the podcast today. You probably know her as Kombucha Girl, uh, but she's so much more than that. We talk about everything on this podcast. We talk about her foyer into... Um, well, college, her traditional path of going college into a um, real adult job at an insurance company to blowing up as a meme about eating ass on the Internet to getting fired because of said meme. But then meme also creating a new path of career and life. It's a wild Cinderella story, if you will. Uh, and she also has just some incredibly wise and uh, thoughtful um, thoughts, for lack of a better word, about the world of social media, of influencer culture, about the rise of TikTok and where it's going to go in the future. And also um, an incredibly moving pants shitting story (laughs) so it's a little bit of everything in this podcast oh speaking of she's got a new podcast violating community guidelines with her friend sarah that's also got way more information about all of the things on the internet that might have um striked your fancy or caused you curiosity at some point in your lives uh we talk about all of it so please enjoy this episode of not too deep with Brittany broski Britney, it's so wonderful to talk to you. Also, um, hello, new extensions. Hello, Miss Hair. She's not bald anymore. <laughs> how are they doing? How are you doing? You seem like a new person. I have reinvented my personality. This is Brittany 2.0. You know something
1: they don't tell you about sewing extensions? Oh, you got it sewing. It feels like little needles in my head. I was trying to sleep last night. I was like, how?
0: how? Yeah. It's it's um, all of it is a wild experience. I had extensions, but the tape in for so long oh, yeah. and they're like medical grade tape. <laughs> and then when they start to get gummy, it's just this like wad of gum and glue. Just, I can't there. imagine something worse, actually. Glamour. It's all glamour. And beauty um, is pain. And it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> yes. And that's all you need to know about the beauty industry. Yep. Um, Brittany, I want to talk about everything, but Let's first, it. I kind of want to get more from you of like backstory. I'm mm. curious about you grew up in theater ish. Yeah. So I was doing theater in high school
1: since probably okay. I was like 14. Okay. Joined the improv troupe, little high school improv. Oh, yes. Um, Continued that into college and then kind of gave it up when I was like, all right, no more funny business. I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> and then now I start online for money. So Have life you, is crazy. It's a beautiful
0: trajectory, really, for all <laughs> artists out there. I feel it really like is. I'm curious what your thoughts are about uh, theater communities. Do you miss it at all? Did it like kind of uh, give you some wisdom and knowledge looking back? Oh, it definitely did. You know what I do miss? I miss the um,
1: community, like the camaraderie Mm. of being in a show all together. Yeah. And like the inside jokes and, you know, those short-lived but intense friendships. Yeah. um, And then carrying those into other shows. I do miss that. And I do miss like improv in the sense of Working, especially now that everything's digital, you know, like yeah. being in person with someone and just bantering and bouncing off each other is just so like wow. Yeah, I miss that. But I think I, I get my fix of what theater gave me. I get that now from social media.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there any productions that stand out to you that you were a part of that were either incredible or absolutely terrible? <laughs>
1: oh, a hundred percent. I would say majority terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I was in Spamalot. Monty Python Spamalot. Yeah. The most fun ever. Like, the most fun ever. The music is so stupid and good, and it's, like, set in medieval times. It was so much fun. I cross-dressed for all of it. Amazing. Because for some reason, yeah, my directors were always like, you would be good as either a 60-year-old woman or a man. <laughs> it was never anything <laughs> other than that. So, um,
0: yeah, that was fun. We did some, remember one-act plays? Yes. Like the competitions. uh, Lost every year. I never did the competitions. What was that like? That seems intense. It was a nationwide thing,
1: depending on like the tier of your school. And you know how many kids go to your school or whatever. Okay. Um, It was a nationwide competition for just little short one act plays. And it was just, I mean, you're asking a 14 year old (laughs) to be like, okay, you're freshly divorced. You have nothing (laughs) left to give. Like you're on the last thread of life go it's like I'm 14 I have homework due tomorrow yeah you know like, figure out what algebra is <laughs> I don't know what geometry is like I'm just give me a second like that is probably oh my god I was just recently watching it back with my family and I was like I'm oh. so sorry I made y'all sit through this
0: <laughs> I'll be supportive but oh my god yeah, that is crazy. When you look back and you zoom out a little bit, you're like, this wasn't just about me. Like my family had to experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was everyone suffered for me. And I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: um, But you OK, you kind of went a traditional route in that. I mean, you went to college and got a degree. Yeah. And you got a degree in communications. Yeah. Com, I was a strategic comm major with a Spanish minor. Oh, very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what happened after college? So after college, I my dream was to work at a
1: well my absolute dream was to make Super Bowl commercials. Like do the really? storyboard. Yeah, I wanted to like like Geico commercials or, you know, um I think Geico really started that for me with like the caveman and and the gecko and all that like even like flow from progressive where it's these iconic things that you remember they impacted culture yeah i wanted to storyboard those commercials for the super bowl wow but obviously life doesn't work out that way (laughs) and so instead of going into that like creative marketing i worked at an insurance brokerage
0: Okay, because you so got to pay bills. Close to Geico. <laughs> Your yeah, <insurance>. close.
1: Just <laughs> wrong end of the spectrum of, yeah. you know, what I wanted to do with insurance. So worked there. Um, the most miserable experience of my life. Mm. Just awful. I worked in customer service and I was literally like on the headsets all day. I was like, thank oh, uh, you, you calling for calling to the insurance. How can I help you? And it was just people uh, bitching at me. Uh, and I was 21. I had just graduated. So it was awful. And then wow. I quit that job, started working at a bank. Um, a little less miserable, but still miserable. And then the kombucha video happened.
0: Yeah. Got fired. And then life took off. Talk to me about the kombucha video happens. I mean, talking about changing culture, impacting society. Mm. How do you get fired after that? So she brought me in, my boss brought me in to uh-huh. her office
1: she's like this southern 59 year old lady doesn't even know what youtube is or yeah. so i thought because she's a damn liar <laughs> she brought me in she was like i i see you know what your face online and it was tweets like me when i ate ass for the first time <laughs> she was like it's just and i was like that's not me you have to understand that is not me like that's how a meme works yeah i not- create the content they create the captions yeah so she was just so confused and she saw it as a major liability to the company because wow. this was a regional bank in North Texas. I mean, the next youngest employee after me was like 50. Wow. Like I was <laughs> the youngest employee there. This was TikTok was not anything what it was today. This was right. summer of 2019. It was right. still musically basically at that point. Yeah. And she was just so confused by, you know, what I was doing online. I was like, trust me, it's harmless. Like, it's it's just a viral thing. It'll be gone in two months. And she decided, no, nope, like, this wow. is a major liability. We're going to let you go. So I got fired because <laughs> I was dicking around online.
0: I mean, yeah, I can imagine that she hears viral and thinks virus and thinks infection. <laughs> and this is going to ruin the company. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do from there? Like how were you kind of like, I'm going to pursue internet stuff, digital like content creation, or were you kind of like, I got to figure out life. And maybe this is a side thing.
1: Uh, definitely the latter. I literally was like, well, I need
0: to put in an application at Outback Steakhouse.
1: In the meantime, <laughs> while I'm applying for other corporate jobs, because yeah. it was so humiliating having to call my parents and be like, I just got fired from my job at the bank. Like, I was Ugh. so embarrassed. I was crying. Ugh. And because, you know, like, I had, I graduated college in three years. Like, I've always been, like, the smart kid. It was just so humiliating because yeah. I was <laughs> online. I got yes. fired. Like, that's so humiliating. And so I didn't even have time to put in an app out at uh, Outback Steakhouse because I got my first brand deal mm. around that time. And then from there, it hasn't stopped. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. You wood. Know? Yeah, it's just been it has been a whirlwind, nonstop, and I really haven't had any other thought other than okay, this is my job now.
0: Yeah, so, you kind of have to take it on, decide to like hundred percent, say yes and to the situation.
1: The um, I continue to do that.
0: I'm so interested because you said that you had an initial interest in like storyboarding commercials specifically Mm -hmm. for the Super Bowl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then when brands approach you, having that kind of like brain already, it must be interesting how you approach brand deals. Is there like a system that you put in place? Are there certain brands that you like want to vet and like work with specifically? Like how do you how do you manage that? Well, I think
1: it all goes kind of back to cancel culture.
0: Yeah, And not even cancel culture, but just
1: like the culture that we exist in of people being hyper aware of the footprint that brands and companies leave on yeah. us and on the world. And there is a, a sensitivity to, you know, like if I'm going to work with a clothing company and they're known for using child labor or whatever, yeah, that's going to be the top comment on that yeah. video. And I never thought about that, you know, because it's like, oh, this company's offering me money. Hell yeah, we'll take it. Right. It's free money for me to make fart noises into the camera. <laughs> but it's not that it's not that simple, you know, yeah. because when you have an audience as large as we do, there's a responsibility that comes with that. if, if I am personally endorsing these brands, that's not just them handing me the a check. I am using my trust that I've established with my followers to endorse this company that yeah. I sometimes know nothing about. Yeah. And so that, that was a learning curve for me because it's money, money, money. It's no, no, no. Yeah, Right. Like like if you're pushing a product or a brand, it better be the right one. And so I have dream brands that I'd like to work with, but I've had some stumbles and falls, you know, working with companies that ended up being less than optimal. And now Mm. it's on record, I'm endorsing them. So it's been, it's a strange thing. I never thought I'd have to think about it like that.
0: Yeah, but I think it's so important that you do think about it and that you are saying how important it is to think about because, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you can get thrown into it and you have to figure it out after a problem happens or you can really understand that you're kind of this like a billboard. You are the PR person and the talent and the face yeah, of everything.
1: pouring <laughs> myself out these brands.
0: <laughs> yeah, just... which is just so wild because like the idea of content creator as like a professional job is, yes, you're creating fun content here and there. But the way you actually make a living doing it is right. primarily working with brands. So this is like such a major part of the actual content creator. Job to keep it going, and you just have to become more and more kind of like scrutinizing of like yourself and your value versus what this brand's value is. Yeah.
1: Do you ever like look at major like A-list celebrities and think I wonder either I wonder how much they got paid or (laughs) do they really actually care about this product? I because now I think about it like that.
0: Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think I. I guess my assumption before was always that celebrities kind of had these people wrangling them into these situations. And so they had much, more, many more brains and eyes to consider right. what this opportunity is, where a lot of content creators, it's really on them unless 100%. they build out a team around them, which is, you know, a difficult thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, I still look at celebrities. I feel like celebrities because of influencer culture, are forced to operate as individuals more than like, you know, this walking doll that gets positioned everywhere. Sure.
1: Yeah, it's very, and especially now with, you know, the state of Instagram and TikTok and all that, like celebs are so accessible, almost to like a scary degree.
0: Yeah, you should
1: not be able to tweet Gwyneth Paltrow. Why did you make a candle that smells like your vagina?
0: It blows my mind that there's access to everyone everywhere all the time. If I get too high at night, I get really freaked out (laughs) about all of that, (laughs) and I have to very true uh, like a doomsday prepper, like turn off all my devices and not really think about it too much. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm also curious about uh, you and Sarah. You guys met through social media. Yeah. So, um, Sarah and I are cousins. You're. uh okay don't meaning uh, meaning I don't know how to interpret
1: that (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is like not a signal that I'm picking up on here
0: (laughs) (laughs) like that made it more complicated for me to understand (laughs) you lost me no so we yeah we met on Twitter
1: um well I had been a fan of her for forever because I followed her on Vine yeah um and then I knew she made YouTube videos and I tweeted after I got fired and I was accumulating all there was one day in August of 2019 where I gained 93,000 Twitter followers in one day, like in a 24 hour period. Oh, that's overwhelming. It was, it was like, I had no fucking idea what was happening. and I was just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. I got fired, um, started making money online and then my lease was up in Texas and I was like, man, do I just bite the bullet and just do it and just move to LA? Mm. And so I tweeted, I was like, let's say hypothetically I moved to LA, you know, who would, would anyone want to be my roommate? Sarah tweeted me. And so we start DMing and I'm like, you want to like two bedrooms? She's like, yeah. I'm like, do you have any pets? She's like, I have a cat. I'm like, well, I'm allergic, but we can make it work. You know, we're just going back and forth. And so soon enough, she flies out to LA, starts touring places. We sign a place. I meet her for the first time ever in person the day we move in. Wow. And it has been fantastic. I mean, it was such a, I think the universe provides sort of thing. But the first video we ever made together on YouTube, we started this bit that we're cousins. (laughs) And people people still to this day are like, ah. you know, when you see people arguing in your comment section, yes. it'll be like, well, they're cousins. It makes sense. <laughs> like something, something, well, they are cousins. And I'm like, no, exactly.
0: I love it. Keep the mythology alive. It people is. want to believe rosy it. lore. <laughs> now, you guys have recently created a podcast together.
1: It's
0: yeah. So for people that don't know, what's the concept behind it? So, because Sarah and I are children of the internet,
1: for better or worse, (laughs) um, we realized that that's such a niche experience for a lot of people, you know, like, growing up with the internet raising us, like, there are so many things that I have seen in my life that my parents know nothing about, because I've been online, things I've been exposed to, like, things I've, you know, media that kind of raised me, and Sarah has a very well the same experience yeah and so we were like you know we want to do a podcast there's kind of the demand for it and what would be the concept and so it is that it's exploring these little Mm. micro trends or throwbacks from the internet um not so much like hey guys 2006 remember this the beginning of youtube it's more like do you remember that weird fucking thing that went, went viral in 2012 like what happened to that so it's that um it's educational but it's also riffing and it's banter like it's a comedy podcast above all else because the internet is the internet is so ridiculous absolutely so it's called violating community guidelines very fitting
0: perfect Perfect.
1: (laughs) and it's all about um internet stuff we talk about furries fan fiction um we've got one coming out about um being horny online Like just people being unabashedly horny.
0: I feel like that's, yeah, uh, a whole podcast in and of itself. (laughs) Oh, yeah, truly. (laughs) Has there been anything that you've just like that stands out to you that you've discovered? And you guys talk about conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. um, the furry community, uh, anything that you've learned that you didn't really understand before?
1: You know, I do have a newfound appreciation for the furry community. Yeah. People already think I'm a furry because I'm like, okay, some Pixar characters are really hot. Like, and I'm not the only one to say that. Like you guys are lying. People are like, just say it. You're a furry. I'm like, okay, I will. Um, That was like to realize actually how much of a a community it is worldwide. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know what I mean because I belong I have belonged to so many different fandoms and groups online and to realize that like that's just another one and there's this weird stigma around it I was like period furries are just living their best lives and we just judge them for any reason
0: they just found a place of acceptance and we're like no 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 not here yeah you guys shouldn't be able to express the things you find the most (laughs) joy within (laughs) how dare you absolutely not um, yeah. how I'm curious to with, I guess with the podcast, you probably uh, have more of a chance to just kind of uneditedly talk about things, discuss things. How is that experience versus, you know, making content on other platforms?
1: You know what, it's, a, it's freeing in yeah. the sense that we can just have a conversation and, People can see it, you know, segue from, okay, they were talking about this and now they're talking about, you know, and it's just a conversation. And that's that format is acceptable. Yeah. Versus on YouTube, even on TikTok, I feel like it has to be hit, 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 joke, 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 and then you're done. Yeah. On it's so much more freeing to just be able to talk with like one of my closest friends about things that we both go through, how it affects society, how it affects us as women. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's just so nice. Yeah. But there is that fear that, you know, online we know that people don't understand nuance. So we have our editor cut out some stuff that's like, that could be interpreted so, uh, you know, polar opposite of how we meant it. Yeah. Just take it out. Like yeah. it's scary because people could take that clip and you're done. You're
0: yeah. done. Yeah, it is becoming like a forefront consideration now that you have to really imagine how the audience (laughs) sees you. We have to think five steps ahead. Yeah. So it's interesting that you guys get to like be fully formed people with fully thought out ideas that aren't just, you know, jump cut, jump cut, use this editing tool. Right. But at the same time, you're like, now they hear all my ideas. (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit, I'm speaking freely. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe censorship is the good thing. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm I'm so curious your kind of experience with TikTok and just general kind of thoughts about that platform. So we're going to talk about that when we get back.
1: Not not, not, too deep.
0: Great. We're back in. Now, you were on TikTok before, like you said, when it was more of a musically thing. And mm-hmm. then it's now, uh, you know, pandemic, et cetera, become like the platform. I'm curious what yes. your experience has been just watching it kind of morph and change and grow and get like infiltrated with people.
1: Yeah, i I talked about this for a long time. <laughs> I think... Um, tiktok's humble beginnings as this sort of like strange cosplay platform for people who were like acting Mm -hmm. but also just horny teens who were residuals from musically yeah to watch it go from that to tiktok influences culture i mean isn't that their their slogan like we Uh, make culture or something like that probably sounds like it um it's very true. I mean, I, it's hard to think about a time where the top 40 billboard top 40 wasn't all TikTok songs. Wow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it has completely changed life. Yeah. How we, you know, view celebrities, how we view entertainment, how we view money and creators yeah. making money online, brands online. I mean, it's just changed everything in the music industry as well. i like, Labels now have a budget aside for like, okay, we're going to promote that on TikTok. Wow. Like it's a TikTok budget. Yeah. So it's just insane. I think I, I feel very, very fortunate to be a part of the story of TikTok. Mm. Yeah. Because when the kombucha video went viral, um, it, I uploaded it to TikTok. So it was watermarked with the TikTok logo. Uh. So it was circulating on all these platforms and people were like, "What the? what is that logo? Yeah. And it was TikTok. And so... When articles would write about the phenomenon and all that, they'd be like uploaded to TikTok. People are like, what the fuck is that? So they and TikTok acknowledges it too. And I feel very blessed because they're like, You're you're a part of the history of it. So yeah. um, other than that, I feel like today it is so um humbling to watch like major celebrities like Reese Witherspoon get on <laughs> TikTok and try to like, you know, what are we doing on here? What about Dr. Phil? You're calling me daddy in the comments. It's like, Uh, what the fuck is Dr. Phil on TikTok? We don't need it. Who's asking for it?
0: uh, I mean, that's uh, that's what I'm so curious about because, I mean, you've been a part of it and also a bystander watching it grow and morph and change. Yeah. Like, what's your, uh, I guess, method or strategy or way in which you use TikTok now? Do you change the content that you upload do you think about what you're going to do differently or do you just kind of do you and then let everyone figure it out <laughs> yeah tiktok is always the minute
1: i start thinking of tiktok is like a serious thing yeah it's not going to be fun anymore yeah um there came a time as it comes with every creator i'm sure you can attest to it too of when numbers become more important than <sighs> the content yeah and so there came a point in time where i was like would this hit a million views in 24 hours who the fuck cares yeah who cares why am i thinking about it like that like and it still is in the back of my mind constantly because how can it not be you know when we view our existences now as numbers yeah um and so I, i i think about it more as like i'm posting these for me yeah. And I have two accounts and my main account, you know, I sometimes get hung up on numbers still to this day and I, I try not to, but on my spam account, I'll post 40 videos <laughs> in an hour. and I don't give a fuck how they do because yeah. it's my brain. And I had to, I have to get it out. Yeah. And those do better than the ones on my main account. And so it's like, it's all just, you can't predict it. Right. No one knows what's going on. You can act like you do, but no one really does. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. It's It's just a matter of are you having fun?
0: It really I know. And that sounds so cliche to say, but it's something I really resonate with because it does become it's hard to balance the idea that this is your job and it's also the means in which you have fun expressing yourself. And to reconcile yeah. those two things constantly is very difficult because they're very much at odds with each other. So Constantly, hard. all the time. There is not like, oh my God. And especially making
1: branded content, you know, yeah. where it's like, be yourself, but for our brand. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to say paid advertisement. But yeah. Just like be, you know, what you would do. Right. Keep it organic. <laughs> what does that mean? uh i'm also curious too because you've kind of you know like fallen forward into this um content creator world were there any surprises or interesting things to you about getting to know content creators seeing more like the behind the scenes kind of stuff about everything versus you know being raised by all of it yeah you want to know what was the biggest
1: like i was like ew kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth of course i do how um collabs work Mm. a lot of the times like i didn't realize when you see collabs on youtube that's the first time they're ever meeting in Mm. person i've been offered to do collabs and that's it it's like you're gonna go over to bubble blah's house like their assistant's gonna get you from the parking garage like we're gonna what the fuck are we talking about Uh, uh. like i that is so cringy and i never thought about it like that when i was only a a viewer you know like a spectator I was like, oh, you know, here's a celebrity and a celebrity. And they're just, you know, whatever. They they have to be friends. No, girl. Mm -mm. And it's just very awkward. Um, I've met a a lot of people where I'm like, you are so not personable. (laughs) How do you (laughs) have a career?
0: I know. That's like the years of income are always very... A lot going on, a lot of seeing things uh, that met or didn't meet expectations or right. like preconceived notions of things. Uh, and yeah, that was kind of for me the harder thing of watching the industry of it develop. And right. because in the beginning, it was like maybe we were meeting for the first time doing a collab, but we have been communicating for a while. Right. No one had assistance, no one's paying each other anything. Right. Everyone's just like, of good graces going over and being like, I like you and what you do. And if you like me, let's make something together. Right. It's very it was a much home.
1: more innocent, um, <laughs> you know, like nature yeah. of content creator relations. And I feel like even five, six years ago.
0: Yeah, totally. So you and James Charles are good friends. Then. <laughs> <laughs> the best of friends. That's my <laughs> assumption. <laughs> yeah, period. Um, I, yeah, are there any people that you haven't collaborated with yet that are on like your short list? Or is that something oh, yeah. you don't really think about often?
1: No, Rhett and Link, let me on Good Mythical Morning now or else. Mm. That's what I have to say.
0: Yeah, I
1: feel like that should have happened years ago. <laughs> I know, right? At least. I love that. I grew up watching them. I, <sighs> oh, I just love them so much. And they are such role models for, you know, how to create a career from this shit and create a career yeah. a live tour music book they're on jimmy fallon they have so many like side projects it's they've done it so perfectly
0: i agree they're inspiring in their ability to stay authentic to themselves yes. <clears throat> humble and hard-working and just very thoughtful about everything Couldn't they do agree
1: more could not agree more
0: um them for sure
1: um emma chamberlain I love Emma Chamberlain. (laughs) I would love to collab with her, but I know she's very um, particular about that sort of thing. So
0: none taken. In an alternate universe, could you ever see yourself as a social media manager? Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) When you think about, like, by and large, how insufferable a lot of creators are, (laughs) I couldn't do it. I couldn't have them be like... (laughs) My car didn't come on time. My post is <laughs> shut up, dude. I think about some of the stuff I complain about and I'm like, oh my, just kill me. Yeah. Like I am oh my god, if I ever sound ungrateful, just kill me.
0: I, I love your humility so much. <laughs> um okay, now I'm gonna get into the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. Um the first is who alive or dead would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: Bro, cold spaghetti at okay so that's a great question because that's like you don't want to cause them physical harm
0: it's entirely your intention i will say you can throw Mm -hmm. it with whatever emotion it feels appropriate to you and also that to me this is an answer that changes all the time it's not necessarily the one set in stone person it might be just who comes to mind in this moment
1: all I'm thinking about is Sean Evans from Hot Ones. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. And that I don't. Yeah, I don't mean it as like a Sean Evans. I don't like you. I mean it is like I would love to see Sean. I, I want to sit across from him at the Hot Ones table, throw cold spaghetti at him, and see him try to like reroute the interview. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he is so good. I, I want to like throw him a curveball and have him be like, "All right, well." As a lover of cold spaghetti, <laughs> when you were 11 years old, what did you like? He's so good. I, yeah, my brain finally Sean Evans
0: in a beautiful way. I would love to see that, to be very honest. <laughs> um, I think it could happen. Um, the other question that I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom mm. emergency situation. But you can only use three words or three small phrases to describe the event. Um, oh, I can't. I can't tell the actual story. Okay, this. Well, is you can. It's entirely up to you. If you'd like to, after giving us like the three little situations, um, okay. you're more than welcome to elaborate. But I never want anyone to feel uncomfortable.
1: Um. Okay. <laughs> I like that you the short one. version is gas station, okay, that's... <laughs>
0: talkies, um, I-35. Oh, OK. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's short. Uh, that does tell a lot. But if you, yeah. I would love to hear the elaboration if you yeah. if you'd like to.
1: So um, I
0: was on a road trip
1: from visiting a friend down in friend, Houston, Austin, something. I was driving back to Dallas. OK. And I had just gotten to Dallas because it's like I-45 and then it's I-35. And I-35 is just a big spaghetti bowl of roads. Yeah. So confusing. <laughs> All I had to eat that day was Takis, Red Bull, and a Coke Zero. Oh, God. My stomach was gurgling, huh. gurgling and burbling. <laughs> and I had been driving for, like, four hours, and I just, it was, it hit. You know, like, when the diarrhea hit? Oh, like yeah, Like, it was yeah, there. Yeah. hmm I uh, did not make it in time, and <gasps> I a little, little doo-doo came out in my pants, pulled over at a Shell station, and just went to town in the bathroom. And uh. it was just, I mean, you know. It's like, do I throw my underwear away or do I just like make it? I was probably 12 minutes from my house. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't have waited. Tw- Dude, I lasted four hours. I
0: couldn't wait 12 more oh, minutes. Oh, no. Yeah, sharded, sharded bad. That's, I, it is to me in those moments really miraculous the way the human brain starts to problem solve yeah. and starts <laughs> to like, it, it blows my mind of like the, I could never be MacGyver. Because the way my brain problem solves in those situations is like, do I make, uh, do I do like a, uh, challenge like they do on Drag Race where I'm now making toilet paper rolls into new pants to walk out of this gas station?
1: <laughs> Am I fastening the toilet paper, uh, lid seat? Yeah,
0: exactly. To makeshift
1: underwear, yeah.
0: And how do I pay them as I walk out the door? Um, how do you say sorry without saying sorry? Oh gosh. The you're also really close with um tons of drag queens. How oh, yeah. did this happen? You know, I it's the hag effect. I don't
1: know, <laughs> it's literally, I cannot describe it. Like, it's the Michelle massage effect since middle school. Yeah, I have always been the closest with gay men. Mm. It's just something I think maybe because I'm just so unapologetically. You know, whoever I am, yeah. Wh- whatever comes out, I don't <laughs> apologize for it, and I think that that's very attractive for someone who has been told that their existence is not wanted and you know not normal and mm-hmm. da it does So to see someone kind of living at a hundred percent capacity all the time, yeah, I think that I, I've always just been attracted to the LGBTQ community, and and you know they find a form of comfort and escapism in me and my content. So Mm. it's a blessing, honestly, because Mm. the love that I get from that community is, I feel so accepted and Mm. I I can only hope to provide that for them too. So I I honestly don't know. It kind of happened organically. I've been a fan of drag race for forever. Sarah and I did a video on my channel of us recreating Trixie and Katya makeup, just God awful, just like (laughs) borderline hate crime. (laughs) And um. Trixie saw it because we tagged them in it, like thinking that they wouldn't. (laughs) Trixie saw it, invited us over to her house. We filmed the video. I think it's sitting at like 9 million views now or something stupid like that. And from there, it just kind of became this staple where everyone was like, oh, your tricks you know, whatever. And then I work with WoW Presents now. Oh, so Like cool. the, the production company that puts on Drag Race. I mean, it's just wild. So, so cool. I think it was bound to happen. And I'm just so... Every day, I'm like, I can't believe it's real.
0: What are your thoughts on the current season? I and do
1: love Bosco.
0: Yeah. Yeah! Those eyebrows. I do <laughs>
1: love Bosco. <Yes. laughs> um, And I think Willow Pill is gonna... She's gonna... I don't know. She's got some tricks for her sleeve. I have not yeah. seen the most recent two episodes. I don't think so. I need to catch up.
0: I might be one behind, but I'm with you. I think Willow Pill surprises me. I really didn't expect yes. uh, for them to be such a beautiful little weirdo. I really, I know, right? It. And Rue loves those the the mm-hmm. ones that push the
1: boundaries of drag and what drag can be.
0: Yeah, it's always so interesting that you can see in the beginning of a season like who Rue obviously has, like, a deep affection <laughs> for it. They're like, this feels now a little biased, but okay. <laughs> yeah, like, this doesn't really feel fair, but it's your show, I guess. You, know what you want. It's your empire. Okay, now we're going to get into a section uh, called Deep and Hot where I'm going to ask you a deep question that we have prepared for you and then okay. ask you, uh, for a hot take on kind of like a topic that we have prepared for you. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Absolutely. No wrong answers. Um, yeah. okay. Deep question is, is happiness the goal? No, mm. it's not. Why is that? Um,
1: Cause if you set happiness as your goal, you're constantly going to be disappointed and you're going to feel like a failure. Wow. Because I don't think the purpose of life is to be happy. I think that that is a byproduct, if you're lucky. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the that's a really that's a good question.
0: That's I a very that cool answer.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you strive your whole life to just seek happiness, so many things are left in the wayside, you know. And yeah. and I think the balanced human experience is to experience that's what makes us human is sorrow and depression and anger and happiness and joy. And I mean, it's just like that is what separates us from every Mm. other sentient being. So I I think, yeah, that's, that's a great question.
0: I love that answer. Um, Especially in the whirlwind of so much self-help information (laughs) being touted online. Uh, Yes. Sometimes just, wears me down and uh, yeah do you
1: feel that way too it's like a toxic positivity
0: yeah i it's a very it's frustrating sometimes i don't know what the right answer is to because some people might genuinely be living great lives following Mm -hmm. these kind of uh, ways of thinking and lifestyle choices um doesn't work for me (laughs) um because i'm uh with you in the sense that i feel like feeling everything is part of existing (laughs) and to strive for only one feeling versus the rest feels a bit inauthentic I guess right
1: and when it's also like if you're happy all the time you sometimes forget how happy you are because Mm -hmm. if that's your new normal right I just like I to to make it kind of personal you know Mm -hmm. I never could have appreciated what I do now, and the friends I have now, and and just what I get to do as my career, if I had graduated college and immediately started doing this, Mm -hmm. like, I am so thankful for the period in my life where I worked a nine to five, and I was fucking miserable. Like, I hated my life. To have that as a point of reference to now, I am so it just like, emphasizes those emotions even more. Just like, I am so grateful and I'm so joyous. Yeah. So
0: I think you need it all. Absolutely. It's very grounding to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Hot take for you. Kind of touched on yeah. it a little bit already. Um, I guess just what you think or imagine if you have any of these thoughts about the future of TikTok. I mean, it's hard to have predicted any of where it's grown or how it's yeah. changed. But if you have any thoughts on the future
1: future of tiktok okay well i I, maybe this is a hot take um i think tiktok has staying power Mm -hmm. the way that you know youtube does yeah um especially as they listen to the audience and make adjustments to the app accordingly you know like the three minute feature came out and we were like fuck yeah um the text to speech feature yeah captions they're making it more accessible every day and more user-friendly every day and more, you know, as a creator, seeing all the new effects and, and features is cool. It's yeah. like more tools to create with. Um, I, I do think it has staying power, but that's only if they continue on that trajectory, mm. whatever Snapchat has done. Like remember Snapchat from five, six years ago. Vaguely. I, I didn't Just get literally it. Yeah. You're, weren't missing much. It literally was just sending (laughs) pictures back and forth to your friends and like being able to message them. Yeah. Now there's like reality shows on Snapchat. There's, you can see the news on Snapchat. You can, you know, there's like a geolocation feature. There's a memoji bitmoji. This, 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 this. I just don't fucking know, dude. I open Snapchat and I'm like, what is this? Uh If TikTok does that, it's over. Yeah. People are going to lose interest because you're overloading them. Yeah. With fun 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 no girl no
0: (laughs) i think that's a beautiful hot take take. i love that uh we've gotten towards the very end of the podcast which is wild because i feel like i've just scratched the surface of getting (laughs) into your brain about everything we could talk for hours i know truly um thank you for all this uh wise words information and life story before we wrap up completely we like to give our guests a little token of our appreciation for being here and that is a um personalized horoscope from us to you but we're not Ooh. we're not astrologers at all so take it with hey, a grain of salt
1: you could just be like i i read an article one time and i'd be like tell me now
0: <laughs> um let put it in the chat for you if you'd like to read it you're taurus full of the stars
1: period Refer to me as that when I enter a room. Mm -hmm. not Tomlinson, bowl of the stars. That's her name. Welcome to the stage. (laughs) Welcome to the stage, bowl of the stars. The sun (laughs) enters Pisces and your social zone on Friday. I'm probably going to start my period. So expect to be busy with friends and socializing for the next month. Period. If that sounds exhausting, just know it's your own damn fault.
0: (laughs) 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 So y'all type this. Maybe. We're not astrologers. We let the stars uh inform uh what we want to i a vessel yeah.
1: yes grace is a vessel <laughs> the universe speaks through her
0: that's all it is that's how it's been my whole life uh thank god britney thank you so much for making time and having this chat um
1: i love you bitch i have always loved you this is such an you. honor
0: i'm so excited that you were able to do this um for people that don't know where can they find you follow you listen to the podcast etc So first and
1: foremost, our podcast is called Violating Community Guidelines. It is everywhere you get your podcast, And we also upload on YouTube. So go watch it on YouTube because that counts as a download for me. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Um, And then you can find me on Brittany underscore broski. Brittany spelled the English way and broski like, like broski. You know what I mean?
0: Perfect. For audio listeners, I just dabbed myself up. <laughs> it's perfect. Well, thank you again, Brittany. This has been so fun. Thank you guys. Of course, and we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep, too deep, too deep. Not too
1: deep. This is Grace Helbig.
0: Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Mons, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.